Tuesday night to everyone. Bro, it's so good to see you. And, uh, you know, when you think you know your boy, because last week we were on here doing this shit, and then I feel like, I don't know, I mean, maybe it's not every day, but I feel like every other day there's a text here or a text there, and we're communicating about something, a phone call every now and again. And I just found out, as I came on here three minutes ago, that you were in San Francisco when Gabe Kapler got shit canned. <laughs> yeah, matter of fact, uh, you know, I came out there to uh, <clears throat> to do a retirement speech for Mario Aliotto. They threw a party for him on Thursday night, did that, and then uh, walked into the clubhouse on uh, Friday about, uh, about 1 p.m., uh, my normal time getting to the clubhouse, and found that he had gotten fired. And I was like, whoa, you know, and there was, there was some players that were there. Uh, a bunch of coaches were there and pretty much everybody was just walking around. looked like they were shell shocked. And uh, so anyway, so, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but look, you know, the, the major leagues is performance driven. And if you don't win, somebody's got to pay. I mean, that's just the way it is. And so anyway, so some of the, some of the coaches, you know, you know, guys who haven't been around the major leagues a lot, you know, came up to me and they were talking about the timing of it, you know, with three days left in the season. And, you know, he had another year on his contract and stuff like that. And I go, hey, <clears throat> the bottom line is, I mean, and, and I hate to say it, the bottom line is W's. And the San Francisco Giants have been proud of their history. They're proud of their history when I played, when Buster Posey and I, those guys played. And they're kind of going in the wrong direction right now, right? And so then I told, you know, some of the coaches, you know, these these younger coaches that have never been around the major leagues before, I told them, I said, look, I said, you got to realize something. If they're bringing in another manager, he's probably going to bring in his own coaching staff. So they might have uh, – this might be the tip of the iceberg. We might have more whacking going on. I said, you guys better duck and weave and duck and weave, baby. <laughs> So you, you told them that. Yeah, it's true. Hey, it's the truth. It's the truth. What am I going to hide from it? No, it's the truth. That's the way it works. Wow. So did you have any inclination that this was going to happen? Had no clue. No clue. Um, you know, Farhan came in and addressed the team. Kapler did not address the team. He left. Uh, so, you know, Farhan came in and said, you know, it all falls on my shoulders uh, you know, this year has been a disappointment. Uh, we need to get a winning tradition and nah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And, uh, that was about it. He asked everybody in the clubhouse if, uh, if anybody wanted to get up and say a word, not one player got up and said anything, not one. What do you say though, if you're a player at that point, because your manager gets fired, your general manager is standing there saying that this falls on him. Yet you and I both know that there's accountability in that yes. locker room. Yes. And I got to believe the reason why nobody stood up is because they all realized that they just got a, a guy fired. Yeah. And yeah. No, I it's mean, not, it's, it's not a, you, you got to look at it that way. It's like, Hey, look, you know, I mean, Farhan goes out, get, gets the players, does the transactions, all that sort of stuff. Kaplan does whatever he does to put the lineup out there. It's the player's job to go out there and perform. And then when they didn't perform, 
Uh, stuff happens. So base hit center field. So we're right now we're watching the Milwaukee Brewers and Arizona Diamondbacks. Yes, I am repping the D-backs colors right now. Uh, well, you should be. You played for them. Well, fuck, dude. I, they helped me build this house. You're damn right I should. Now, Hell yeah. on top of that, look, dude, Arizona is everybody's second favorite team. Uh, they're the redheaded stepchild that gets no fucking love. This is an electric group of players that are as entertaining as any team in all of baseball. And here they are in the postseason taking on the Brewers. Underdogs, they're up 4-3. Bases are juiced, so with no outs. Oh, geez, did he hit him? Did he hit him? Oh, that's what he's saying, yeah. It, sure enough, he hit him with the bases drunk, so now it's 4-4. Four, four. And bases drunk, still nobody out. Oh, and by the way, whoever this is, let's see who's pitching for the D-backs. It's, uh, oh, God, they've had three or four guys already. The, the, Brewers, the Brewers already got ten knocks. They're in the fifth. Well, our guy Nelson has come into the game, and he's given up three hits, and now a <laughs> hit by pitch. Yeah. Ryan Nelson. Look, man. The D-backs just – I just don't think they have the arms. That That's the bottom line. Like Their starter yeah. tonight even gave up seven hits. He wasn't very good. Fat, they call him, dude. P-F-A-A-D-T. Yeah. <laughs> two, two, two and two-thirds, seven hits, three runs, four Ks. Uh, I just – he gave up a bomb. I don't know. He didn't have great numbers coming into this, didn't have great numbers in the regular season. I'm thinking to myself, this is who you're running out there for game fucking – Number one? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I, you know, I'm kind of right there with you. You know, I mean, let's see, let's see what he had for, for the regular season. So they're taking a look at this thrill. Let's see if it hits him. I mean, he was you you're running out a guy that was three and nine. Dude, three and nine, and that's who you running out there on game one. Well, remember this, because the D-backs were fighting to get into the postseason. So, I mean, their dudes are like Zach Gallen, a former, I think, University of North Carolina stud. Uh, you know, they, and they got it. They got a few other guys, like legitimate starters. I just, this guy's not that guy. And and they did. Yeah. They ran him out there game one. They were massive underdogs. or I don't know. Maybe not massive. But I, yeah. I think Milwaukee is like minus one seventy in this contest. Oh, by the way, while while we're talking about this, little uh, raise of the glass right here to uh, Tim Wakefield. Uh, oh. Good dude, good dude, man. You know, competitor. I like Tim a lot, and you know, brain cancer got him at fifty-seven. So here you go, Tim. Double sky point for our boy. Yep, 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 yep. You know, was- hey, you know, <clears throat> we talked about this before, but. You know, you hear guys be good fastball hitters, good breaking ball hitters. You never hear of a guy being a good changeup hitter or a good knuckleball hitter, right? But I played with a guy in Texas, Dean Palmer, and yeah. Dean used to wear out every knuckleballer. So I went up to Dean one day, and I'm like, dude, how the hell do you do it? He goes, the only thing I can tell you, Thrill, he said, when it's up high, it doesn't move as much. He said, when it's down low, he said, that song gun's running all over he said, so if it starts up by my eyes, he said, that's the one I'm swinging at. And he'd break out his best freaking softball swings, dude. See it high, let it fly 
there you go. The terminology for the knuckleball, see it low, let it go. Uh, by the way, they took the run back. So now oh, all of a sudden, there's two strikes on the hitter. They, I mean, said that, it did, they said it didn't hit him? Yeah, that was tough to take back. because it it, like, for, I mean, from the get-go, it looked like you got him. Hey, Thrill, can you see this right here? You know the Marlins man? Have you ever heard of him? The dude that sits behind home plate in the playoffs, gets all the playoff tickets? Yeah, he's sitting behind is, is home he there? Is he there? Yeah, I want to show you, though. All right. Not, not him. But I actually want to show you uh, the company that Marlin man is keeping the night. It's, 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 she looks like a lovely lady. Right here. Okay. Yeah. There she is. Uh, right. In yellow. Good old Marlins man. Looks like he's got his dad sitting next to him to the left and his girlfriend to the right. And that might be his wife next to her. So who knows? Anyhow. Hey, uh, this kid Nelson just threw three straight right down the middle of the plate with a with a one-two count. Three straight right down the old middle of the middle. Like, buddy, you better find the freaking corners here a little bit. There you go. That's the corner. You see what happens when you hit the corner? Strike out. I mean, they went from having a tie game 4-4 with the bases loaded and no outs. Yeah. And now it's 4-3. They took the run off the board. Yeah. And there's one out. Okay, here comes Tori Lavello. He's going to use the bullpen. I don't. Do you know Tori Lavello? He's a fucking awesome guy, man. I, I don't know Tori. I don't know anything about him. I do know though that uh, the uh, Diamondbacks got all of their runs so far via the home run. Yeah, it was Corbin Carroll and Cattell Marte going back to back. Yeah, Mar Marte thrill would you would have been so impressed with what he did because after carol went deep uh Marte came up and they showed his first at bat and he got eaten up by cutters in and then corbin burns who's nasty by the way threw another cutter in Marte ambushed him literally just whack pulled the hands in stood there flexed for a second and then fucking gone, man. A low-line drive that he was able to pimp. That tied the game. And then it was a Diamondbacks catcher who ran into another one. So, yeah, all of the Diamondbacks runs have come via the fucking long ball, man. Oh, man. Hey, uh, Linda, you were talking about Marlon Mann, uh, who's sitting next to Marlon Mann. And Linda Linda put on there his hoe, and then she... she... She put parentheses and dots in there to make it look like titties. I think that's pretty solid, Linda. Nice job. I've never seen that one before. That's a first. Nice. Hi, baby. Well, thrill. I didn't want to say it, but this is no no filter network. She's got a nice rack, man. Hey, there you go. There you go. Uh, it's, Linda, it's, Linda knows. Linda knows. She just beats you to the punch. And I appreciate boobies and no boobies. And I like I like <laughs> the whole looks. Like, it doesn't, I'm not even particular on it. But <laughs> in this case, Marlon. Marlon man's beef, dude. She, you know, I, I don't, again, I not exactly Whatever. sure exactly what she Whatever. is, Whatever. but uh, she's, she's packing a punch. There you go. All right. So back to, back to the action. All right. So, you know, I gave you kind of, you know, the background on Kapler, 
you know, talk to the coaches, you know, then, you know, Farhan comes in, you know, the chat room, just like anything else, right? I mean, literally, when the news hit that Kapler got fired, my phone started blowing up, you know, are you taking the job? You know, all that sort of stuff, right? And so there is always speculation on everything. Uh, the names that are being thrown out, and I'll just chunk a bunch of them at you here. Uh, Matt Williams is one. Uh, you know, Bob Melvin over there in San Diego is another. Uh, I've heard of Craig Council. Uh, there is another one. Ron Wotus has been chunked out there. And I'm just throwing this one out there just for the hell of it because he was actually at the ballpark on Friday night. No, it was a Friday or Saturday. Whenever we did the Willie Mack Award was Mike Matheny was out there. Yeah, I saw that. So, you know, I mean, you know, I'm just I'm just saying they, they got they got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, they've got big decisions happening. You know, the I know the chat room will probably freaking blow up here and there, but you know, that is not my job. My job is to work with whoever they, you know, hire. And this is the one thing, and I am gonna tell you, and I'm gonna tell everybody that's in the freaking chat room here. I went up to one of our executives and I said, look, I said, I'm just letting you know that I'm going to be in spring training next year. And I said, we have got to get back to a winning attitude. Right. And so I told them, I said, no matter what happens, I don't know who's going to speak. I said, and I hope you guys address it. But if you do not address it, when I come to spring training, I'm calling an organizational meeting. I'm going to get everybody parking their ass right there. And I'm going to tell them, you know what it means when you put the San Francisco Giant jersey on? You know what the history is. You know what the winning tradition is. You know what the Hall of Famers represent. And to be, you know, kind of backseat, that's not what, what I did. That's not how I came in and Robbie Thompson and Matt Williams. That's not how Buster Posey and Madison Bumgarner and those guys, how they came in. We expect to win. We walk out on the field. We want to kick somebody's ass. And that needs to be said because it hasn't been said in a few years. And I can promise you, if any of you minor leaguers are paying attention right now, you guys will hear that next year. Okay. So, obviously, they make the change. You know, Kapler gets fired. Uh, let's start. Let me start here. Why, with three days to go, was this move made? Why not just play out the last three games of the season? I was told that Farhan did an interview on Wednesday, and he was asked, you know, about, you know, will Kapler stay at the end of the year and blah, blah, blah. And he said something kind of – it really was actually a, a decent – what was that, another homer right there? No, dude. A double play, the Diamondbacks get out of it. Oh, geez. Wow. Huge. Wow. So, so anyway, so, you know, evidently Farhan did an interview and must have said something like, you know, we'll see. And then people start drawing conclusions and jumping the gun and all that sort of stuff. And so they, they said, well, sooner rather than later, because, but I mean, you know, when is a good time to fire somebody? There is no good time to fire anybody. Um, you know, but they had to address it and, uh, you know, that's, that's the way they decided to do it. Okay. So you mentioned a few of the candidates thrill. I don't know if Trey sent you this, but I did a 
montage on Instagram about five potential candidates. Uh, somebody, somebody had said that you did something on there. Yeah, and you know what? Basically, how I said it is, I, I'm like, look, you know, for the sake of the show, you know, I, I was, I was actually very, very serious about this, but I, I'm going to read you exactly what it was. Let me see if I go to it right here. Oh, no, it wasn't. This is it. So the caption read, I said, of course, Will the Thrill is our first choice to be the new skipper of the San Francisco Giants, but we need him for Deuces Wild. So (laughs) for the sake of the program, here are five potential candidates, not named Will Clark, that could be a good fit. All right. Number five was Matt Williams. Would Matt Williams be a good fit for the San Francisco Giants? I would think so. I mean, you know, he had he had kind of a winning program going over there with uh, Arizona when he got bagged for whatever reason he got bagged over there. I mean, he was winning in so, Washington. Uh, yeah, he was the know, manager it, of the year in Washington in twenty four. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Washington. I'm sorry, but anyway, um, you know, but but he knows the history of the Giants. If anybody knows it, he he was part of it. He was one of the history makers. So. Yeah, I wouldn't see why why Matt would be a bad choice. Number four was Bob Melvin, the current manager of the San Diego Padres. Basically, the point that I made was that, look, he didn't have a great year in San Diego. Uh, There's been rumors. I didn't say this. I will say it here, though. There's been rumors or truths that Bob and A.J. Preller, the general manager, Don't see eye to eye. This could be a great opportunity to get Bob back to the Bay. Obviously, longtime manager of not only the Diamondbacks when I played for him, but also the Oakland A's, managed for the Mariners as well. Bay Area guy. Uh, That's that's another one. What what would be your thoughts on that? And so here's another thing, too. That's who Bob came up through the major leagues with. Bob was, you know, a teammate back in 86. He was our – he was our backup catcher. He backed up uh, Bob Brenly. So, you know, that was Bob Melvin's first, you know, team in the major leagues, San Francisco Giants. So he has roots there as well. So that would, I guess you would say, kind of sit well as well. Also, uh, you know, you look at you look at him and then Matt Williams. You know, he's brought Matt Williams around with him. He's brought yeah. Michael Freddie around with him. Yeah. And, so you know, those guys all kind of hang together. So. All right, the third, number three on the list was Mark DeRosa. And I know you probably don't know D-Row as well as I do. I know, I know D-Row. D-Row played for the Giants. I know D-Row well. Okay. Well, I mean, this is a guy that I spent a lot of time with at MLB Network. He uh, coached, or excuse me, managed Team USA to the silver medal they lost in the last inning against Japan, but did a terrific job with that. He's always wanted to manage. He's a big-time TV personality. He makes seven figures. Uh, let's just start there. So I think that's going to be probably the most expensive hire to try to yeah. get him away from that. I know managers yeah. aren't making a shit ton of money these days. I do know that d is doing just fine, so it would probably have to be the right opportunity, obviously, to pry him away for the right amount of money. Uh, your thoughts on having d 
<clears throat> kind of kind of exactly what you said. You know, I mean, Duro's making seven figs. So, you know, he'd probably be the, the most expensive of the group. Uh, the Giants, with some sort of way or another, have to pry him away from MLB Network. And, you know... I thought he did a. I thought he did a real good job in the uh, in the baseball classic. I thought he did a real good job with Team USA. Um, you know, he's he's a he's a real likable type of guy, and uh, you know, Dero and I have always gotten along well. So, you know, l- like I said, you know, that's the thing. We can hash this out. Everybody can hash it out in the the chat room, whatever. But it's going to boil down to you know Farhan and the ownership group as to which direction they want to go. Okay, I get it, dude. I I really do. But being totally transparent here, as we are always on No Filter Network, I don't think that this is 100% Farhan's decision. He has one year left on this contract. So there needs to be other voices in on who becomes manager. Farhan alluded to the fact that we need a great recruiter and I want somebody before free agency begins to be that guy and to be able to come and sell the San Francisco Giants to these players. This needs to be a destination where dudes want to come play for this manager. So when it comes to picking the manager, look, Farhan, yes. I would say he's the number one voice in all of this. But if I'm the ownership group, I am looking at this and I'm like, before we make this fucking decision, we are going to discuss it 15 times over and make sure we have the right guy. Because otherwise, we're going to be sitting here a year from now, say they go out and have another shit season. Well, there goes your new manager you brought in. There goes your GM. And it's just not a good look. One of the things about the San Francisco Giants over the years, you know this as well as fucking I do, Thrill, is stability. We had Roger Craig. We had Dusty Baker. You had Bruce Bochy. And that was fucking stability. stability. Right? You had Felipe Alou even, which was stability in there. You basically had four managers. Four. Over the span of 25, 30 years, it seemed like. And now all of a sudden, this is not going to become a carousel. I, it's just, that's not who the Giants are. They, they should not want that to happen. So this next decision of who they pick as manager, look, man, the Diamondbacks, for example, stuck with Tori Lovello through thick and thin. We need to, we, I say we, the Giants need to select somebody that regardless of what happens, wins and losses for next year, it needs to be somebody that you know is establishing a unity and meaningfulness of the San Francisco Giants organization. Does that make sense? Makes definite sense. All the sense in the world. And so while you were talking, you know, I pulled it up on here talking about, you know, Farhan and stuff. And, it says that he reiterated his desire to have a new hire in place before the start of free agency um, so that he could basically, whoever it is that's in place, can go out and be a recruiter for the San Francisco Giants to try to get some free agents on board. And then it also says right here, 
Zaidi expects finalists to eventually meet with ownership representatives, including Chairman Greg Johnson and uh, President CEO Larry Baer, and then also Buster Posey. Okay, I'm going to go to my last two candidates that I brought up on Instagram. Number two, this one's a little bit of a wild card because he's never managed, he's never coached, he just got done playing. I know the guy, he's quirky, but he's smart. He really knows the game, and I feel like he would surround himself with the right team. Hunter Pence, your thoughts? Um, that's quirky is an understatement. All right, um, you know that's that's a that's a really good way to describe Hunter. Um, I would have to say that probably the guys that you mentioned before have more of a nod than Hunter would. Hunter is, you know, you know, newly retired and he's doing some, you know, uh, TV stuff, radio stuff, all that sort of stuff. And if he did get hired exactly what you said, he'd have to have a coaching staff around him that knew all of the little nuances because this is completely new to him. Okay, the number one guy that I brought up, and my philosophy on this is that you bring him in. It doesn't matter if the Giants go 60 and 102 next year or 102 and 60. You know you're going to stick with him over the course of the next 20 fucking years. Buster Posey, your thoughts. I, you know, I mean, Buster knows the game inside and out. I mean, he he knows it inside out. Uh, what he did from the catching position was absolutely phenomenal. So it would translate into managerial uh, success as well. I mean, it, you look at Bust, you look at uh, Bruce Bochy, ex catcher. You know, look at Joe Torrey, ex catcher. Um, so I could see Buster doing that. It is. If I, and I'm not going to speak for Buster, but there's a reason he retired. You know, there's a, he enjoyed being around his family, uh, two young uh, kids that need, you know, caring for. And so uh, to be totally honest, I mean, I can't see Buster breaking away, but it also wouldn't surprise me. Okay, and I said the same thing. It would be hard to pry him away from the life he's living now, and now he's part of the ownership group and everything else. The next thing that I want to share with you, Thrill, is the comments that were left under this post. And I, they're, they're, they're pretty epic. And what, you know, one of the, the first one right here uh, <laughs> is Williams D. Rowe, And you know we're all going to say, will the thrill, candlestick would go nuts. I could read you. There's 212 comments. I could read you 150 of the 212 that literally are calling for you to be the manager of the San Francisco Giants. I get it. I get it. You know, I I totally get it. Um, Let's see. How can I put this? If if I did, uh, let's say, consider this, I would need a kind of a 
a little bit change in the attitude as far as position players go. Uh, we would be taking batting practice every day. We'd be taking ground balls every day. We'd be talking, you know, more about the, the fundamentals of the game. And we would be winning every day. And, uh, you know, I need to see that dedication from uh, from some of the guys. And, you know, when, when I show up, we talked about this last week. You know, when I show up and I see six guys taking batting practice or I see four guys taking batting practice or I see, you know, three, three guys taking ground balls, that doesn't cut it for me. That is not going out there and earning your stripes. That's not earning your job. That's not you working on job security. That's not you bettering yourself. That's not you helping this team out. It is straight being all about me, me, I, I. And that is not the thrill. I can tell you that right now. So, dude, I, I it's funny because – in the one, another reason why I didn't, you know, make a big deal out of it, other than putting you all over the caption, <laughs> is, is that I feel like you're comfortable in your life where you are in Louisiana and doing your thing. And uh, look, but I also start thinking about it a little bit more. And you know, the kids are older now. You have more liberty to go do things that you want to do, man. I, I, I'm going to be totally honest, bro. The more I even like think about this, I'm like, why the fuck not? And the reason, <laughs> the reason being is that you're the yang to the yin. I get it. I get it. I get it. We need, I get it. You're the Bruce Bochy to Chris Young. Like I get it. Reason why those are put together. So I, I'm not even saying I'd be keep far on. I love it. Like, I actually think 400's got some great fucking ideas. And no, I get it. Everything else. But they, he needs, whether it's you or somebody else, he needs a player's manager. He needs a guy that is going to be committed to the process of work that goes on on the fucking field. Does that yes. make sense? Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. And, you know, and, and I'm just going to be brutally honest with you is the fact that, you know, I retired for a reason. And, you know, I, as you well said, I have enjoyed my life. I love being around baseball. It's been my life, my whole life, but I also need to step away from time to time. And that little free time that I have, especially during the summer is, is very important to me. You know, if you became the manager, February to October, you are tied up and, yep. You know, I mean, I'd have to boot the family out there, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I mean, you know, I am in a really good situation right now with the San Francisco Giants. I still have an effect on a lot of the guys coming through the organization and making it to the major leagues. I still have I still have a lot of input and say so and and teaching and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, I mean. I can tell you one thing right now. There's there's going to be a few things. All right, let me let me run this one by you real quick. We already talked about it. I need a different type of player. I need a player that is going to go out there work his ass off. All right, that is going to be ready to play every day. Not ask me for days off. Shit like that. Okay. 
I am going to have, if I do, I'm going to have a starting staff. They're not going to go 50 pitches. They're not going to go 75 pitches. You will be throwing 100 pitches minimum, and you're going to work up that way. We're going to have a starting staff. Then we'll have a relief core and a closer. All right? You, as far as an everyday player, you will go out there and you will have to bust your ass. You'll have to work at your position, much less work at your position as far as a hitter goes. Okay? We will not have a a platoon system. We will have guys that man up and get in the batter's box and take their lumps the way it is. I love it, dude. And that's exactly why I believe you should be the dude. Now, I get it. I get it. I get it. You're my my boy. You know, I I, look, I, I totally understand. But I've talked myself into this as I've gone through and I've tried to remove myself from our relationship. And if I were just a baseball analyst and I didn't know you and I, even though I, let's just say I grew up a Giants fan, that's fine. But if I followed you and know you and know your philosophy, like that's like, that's why and how I, you would be my dude. And, and it yeah, would I be, get it. I, get it. I get it. I get it. The question is, would you be able to work with Farhan though? Oh, I could work with Farhan. Farhan, Farhan and I get a get a good relationship, so I could work with him. Here's here's let me, let me take that a step further, okay? Analytical wise, I can I can deal with guys saying, "Hey, look, you know this guy hits this guy well. He doesn't hit that guy well. Those kind of things, okay?" But analytical wise, and not saying Farhan, I'm talking about the the. The, the little flunkies running around. You're not going to tell me who to start, and you're not going to make out my lineup card. That ain't happening. That's not your job. Your job is to provide me with stats or provide the player with stats so that they can succeed, all right? Your yeah. job description is not making out the lineup card. Your job description is sit your ass over there, and that's my job, okay? Second second thing, and this is, this is probably one of the big things, is, you know, the, the media now, Really, really, you know, I mean, they're they're so opinionated and they they think that they know baseball more than anybody else. And they try to fill out your lineup card. They try to tell you what moves to make, all that sort of stuff. So I'd tell them to go freaking fly a kite too. <laughs> well, as you should. I mean, you need to make decisions that you think are going to give you the absolute best chance to win. So look. I'm not going to get into the details of the process of this. If, if you were to ask me, I'd call whoever it is in upper management or far anything, and I'd be like, you want my advice? I'd, I'd, I'd at least sit down with Will and see what he has to say and see if it's a good fit, that or not. Regardless, though, I still also believe that somebody like you, never mind, you specifically, need to be in on the hiring process. The same way Buster Posey is going to sit down, is he part of the ownership, whatever. But you like, I think, I think they need that old school fucking mentality in that room, and you helping them make that decision as far as who they bring in. If say for whatever reason it wasn't you, I 
I, I get what you're saying. I get exactly what you're saying. And I would have no problem, none. Matter of fact, I've even told Farhan this. I said, Farhan, I said, let's wait a few days, let everything sort of calm down. So probably sometime this week, I don't know. I'll give him a holler and see if he wants to talk and just bullshit. All right. Yeah. But another thing too, and I, I told Buster this. Buster and I talked at uh, Mario's deal, and I said, you know, hey, look, why don't you and I talk too as well? I mean, so Buster and I, we talked a little bit at Mario's deal, but we could talk more at length. So that, there's another one for you. And then I think personally too is, uh, you know, the the guy who's who's the big dog, Greg Johnson. You know, I know Greg. You know. Hey, how you doing? How's everything? But I don't know him in depth, you know, carrying on a conversation. I'd love to have a conversation with Greg. And and Larry, Larry Bear knows where I stand. You know, he knows exactly where I stand. So, mm -hmm. you know, so every everybody, you know, what I mean, hey, look, this is gonna be a complicated process. This is not anything that's gonna like transpire here in the next day or so. I'm not trying to name drop or anything. You know as well as I know. Like, you know, good family friends is Rob Dean, who was. Yeah, and I, love Rob. I, saw Rob, I saw Rob at Mary's deal, too. Yeah, so Rob took over for Larry when Larry was, at, I don't know, took a little sabbatical or right. whatever. Right. Um, look, you know, Rob and I have, have always had very open conversations. I, I'm, I'm going to make my opinion noted and not that my, my opinion doesn't mean shit around here i i get it but at the same time look this is something that i think not only the former players take ownership of this is something that the fans take ownership of and we want to see it succeed and we want to see the right person put into place now thrill uh, for for whatever reason about 15 minutes ago my door to my uh, studio 22 here opened up and up came my wife and she's been sitting in the corner over here. I like, I literally <laughs> come on. Tara. No Hold on. Say it. I, I, I know you're here. No, not come on, really. Tara, jump out from behind the light. <laughs> I don't come know on, what honey. she's doing. I don't know why she came up here, honey. She wants to hear this stuff. She wants to hear this stuff personally because this is, hey, what up, kiddo? I mean, she wants to hear it, and that's that's exactly what I told you. I mean, we were talking about this. That's like these guys that are in the clubhouse. This is the first time they've been through a firing like this, right? And it's completely new to everybody. Everybody's shell-shocked. It's like, whoa, you know? And so then, they, like I said, they start coming up with, well, why with three days left in the season? Why this? Why that? Why this? So it's 10,000 questions instead of, the first question that should have been asked, which is, hey, uh, we got too many losses. That's the problem. What took you so long? Is that the first question? Uh, well, you know, I can't I can't say that. Your husband's going to say that, say though. It, right? You're, I, yeah, I you can, you can say it if you want. <laughs> hey, look, look, I mean, you know, and, and this is this is the big thing. And I stressed this earlier. I mean, having these guys that we have in the clubhouse, we don't have that winning, like, I mean, mentality, like it has to happen. Like somebody is going to stand up there and ream somebody's ass if it doesn't happen. And I mean, Hey, look, somebody's got to be the dick every now and then because there's too many nice guys. 
There needs Somebody's got to be the dick. And there needs boom. to be a cook in the kitchen. Like there you go. There you go. There you go. And yeah. I think we need a little of spice. You know, it's one of the things when Eric put it out, people were talking about, oh, this guy, he needs more polish or you need this or that. Enough polish. That's where Farhan yeah. comes in. That's where the, the analytics come in. That's where being in San Francisco comes in. But then you need to balance that. Like Eric was saying, the Chris Young Bochi thing is a great example. Bochi's not an ass, but he's a man's man. Like the, the, the dude lays it out, right? Like you're not, you're not going to miss batting practice with Bochi. You're not going to not take infield right. with Bochi. Right. You're not going to not tuck your shirt in when Bochi's around. You're just going to do it because right. Right. he expects it, it and you respect him for it. Correct. And then here's, here's another thing too, Tara. So – so in in Eric and I have talked about this a little bit in the past, but you know, you walked into the clubhouse and there's a tunnel that you walk into or a little hard car door or whatever, and it had all of the Hall of Famers on there. So I mean, you could see everybody. You could see Christy Mathewson, you know, Johnny Mize. You can see everybody, right? Besides Maze McCovey, all up. Then you came around after you got out the clubhouse. There's another hallway that goes down like towards the food room and towards the weight room and all that. And you had the World Series teams and the World Series pictures and the World Series trophies and the celebrations and the Hunter Pence and the this and the that. Right. They did away with all of that. They did away with all of that. And so when you do away with the past, you do away with the history of the Giants. You do away with all of the guys that got your asses there. And all of a sudden, you're saying, well, it's all about us. It's all about us. Well, guess what? Uh, all about y'all uh, is finishing below 500 for the second time in two years. And that's not acceptable. Yeah. Having to live up to a legacy, having the pressure of a legacy is a privilege. And there are organizations guys can play with that are still part of the MLB. And it's still awesome. But there are certain organizations that have a history, that have a legacy and if you can't put the work in to honor that legacy and you make it about you, it's not going to get any further. The legacy yep. stops. And well, so and I especially no idea they did that. Like, you know, you're talking about, you know, you're talking about the work. And I am even glad you said that, you know, when I was working, when Matt Williams is working, when Kevin Mitchell working, Robbie Thompson's working, you turn around and Willie Mays, Willie McCovey are watching you. Watching you. You're watching you. You know, and then they're giving you advice and you're saying, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will put that in play. I'll put that in play. Now, now you sit there and, and you're out there su supposedly working and Will Clark's standing there and nobody even talks to you. And, you know, you get now 10 ground balls, 12 ground balls, and you take it to the house. And then, uh, you know, this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy have never seen the field this year because they want to take batting practice in the cages because they're afraid of dealing with the media and the fans. Uh-uh. That ain't that ain't the kind of player I want. I want the I want the guy that's got, you know, some gonios and gonna step out there in the freaking sunshine and bask in the sunshine. And ask the questions. Like ask yeah. you, ask yeah. Mitchell, ask these guys that are showing up that have been there that have seen it. You don't All right, have to so here's one. Everything. Here's one for you. Here's one for you. So, so Eric and I even talked about this when I showed up end of August, right, for Mike Murphy's, you know, uh, retirement and all that sort of stuff. 
there was a, there was a guy there. I'm not gonna name names, but I told him. I said, "Look, I said you've dropped your hands, and I said you keep getting beat on a high fastball because your hands aren't up enough." I said, "I'm not asking you to change the swing. I'm not asking you to do anything. I just want your hands up just a little higher." And first thing he said, he said, "I'm not comfortable with that." And I and my response back to him, was, first off, I looked at him and I go, "Well." Good luck hitting 220. And then second thing I told him, and I told him this straight to his face. I said, and if you keep hitting 220, I'll make sure you're not in this organization. Boom. At least. (laughs) Bye. We don't need you. So bad. Yeah. And so, so these are the kind of things. And that's why, you know, that's why Eric and Eric needed to say it. You know, he needs to find out, you know, where the thrill's sitting and all that sort of stuff. If I if I had, you know, ten Eric Burnses, or if I had, you know, fifteen Robbie Thompsons, or you know, we can name names of these generations. If I had that at my disposal, it's probably going to be a different mindset for the thrill as to whether he's going to take the job or not. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the question. Like, what would it take for you to actually take that job? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, give me, give me the guys, give me the guys that want to bust their ass. You know, I don't want, I don't want the guys that, that get by and slide under the radar. I don't want that. I want the guys that want to, they want to man up and they want to be front and center all the time. And I can flat out tell you, there's some guys that don't want to do it. I can see it. I can see it in their approach at the plate. I can see the, the thinking and the doubt going on and all that. And it just, it's not a good way to hit. So it's like trickle down leadership, right? Like we not only need someone on in, in the manager's position that can handle it, but what else is happening in the dugout, in the locker room? Like who's, who's the posy? Who's the David justice you had? Like the, the guys that kind of made it happen. And Eric always, I felt like played on younger teams in general um, until all of a sudden we were, we were the old folks, yeah. but you make a good point. Like who in that clubhouse is the person that's standing up? You know, why weren't you at batting practice today? Do you want to go work on something in the cage player to player, you know? And then, yeah, I don't mind. Hey, and, and look, I played in Texas. It was a thousand degrees. All right. That's a BP every day, but then there'd be certain days I'd go up, I'd go up to Johnny Oates, skipper. And I'd say, Hey, skip, I just need a day today. Just give me a blow today. And he'd say, yeah, you don't go take BP. I'm like, perfect. And then, but yet the next day, I was right back out there in the middle of our routine. Okay. But Eric knows, because Eric and I have talked about this before. When you see guys get up and it is a crucial situation of the game and you see them consistently go out the strike zone or swing it, Bullshit pitches and shit bouncing and all that. These are guys that are either scared or they're not prepared or they're mentally not tough enough. And I have problems with that. All right, thrilled. The bottom line is this: the defense was absolutely dog shit this year. Well, and and that's it. Like they didn't practice. Like you you were there. You saw it. You could go to a fucking game and watch them and how they work during batting practice. They never took it to an extreme. And 
this is something that we've talked about 19,000 times, but they have to learn how to play defense. And the only way you learn is by going through the repetitions, reading the ball off the walls, all these things. That's what makes you a great fielder. And what you alluded to, which was playing a singular position on a regular basis. Yep. Yep. All right. Look, look, and, and I have not named names. I have not named names at all, but we got an outfielder. All right. That I think personally is, is a very good player, but he doesn't take any fly balls in the outfield. He doesn't know how to get back to the fence when to start slowing down, when to stop. He's had some crashes into the fence. He's had to go into DL and stuff like that in the past, and he just doesn't work at it. And for me, that's unacceptable because that is being very, very much middle-of-the-road guy. I don't want to be the next-level guy. And I, if you don't want to be the next-level guy, see it. Go to another team. Go to another organization. I care less. Better every day. You got to be better every day. There you go. I want guys that are going to bust their ass and, and look, and it's not, it's not punishment. You know, if you make an error one day, don't go out there and take 70 ground balls and beat your head against the wall. Hey, it's baseball shit happens, but tell me that you care. Go out there and work like you would normally work and just say shit happens. You know, here's another one. Eric and I have talked about this one before. You know, and it happened to me. It happened to Robbie Thompson, Matt Williams, everybody. You know, we booed him. We all booed him. All right. But I want the guy that's going to say, hey, look, I fucked that one up. Give me another ground ball. You give me another ground ball, and I'm going to do my job for you this time. And it's amazing. When you tell a pitcher that, he goes out there and he's freaking aggressive, and he gets you another ground ball again. That's There you go. I agree. Hey, dude, so right behind me, Corbin Carroll stole second base. Uh, they Tara's over here saying he got caught. I, I know I know he got caught. I just sent out a tweet thrill uh, that that is is very very poignant on my opinion uh, with it. And it was uh, Carroll was safe as shit at second base. It's fucking embarrassing that the call was not overturned. That's exactly what I said. Hello, honey. How are you? She loves yeah, me. And I saw it. I saw it. The, it was a short hop and the glove came up and tagged him up in the chest and he got his legs in there. He got his leg in and they didn't overturn it. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. Awful. And that's, that's where, that's where, believe it or not, we have, we have some of the umpire, um, I guess you want to say uh, superintendents uh, that sit in some of the games. One of them is Ed Montague and he's, he's in San Francisco all the time. And I tell him, Eddie, I said, you got to do something about freaking New York, not overturning some of these calls. I said, I said, they're, 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 they're going to bat for their Bobos instead of getting the call right. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was real bad right there. Okay. Uh, so thrill, honey, did you, what was the real reason you came up here tonight? Colton is using my phone to have his fantasy draft for his day-to-day league. And so I couldn't listen downstairs. Okay. Well, what if, what if Colton was, was using your phone to talk to a babe? We had that conversation last night, so it all right. there's only so much you can say to a babe <laughs> with any like legitimacy. So, in um, other words, in other words, you're saying a 12 or 13 year old doesn't have the gift of gab? Well, he can talk a lot, but he talks a real big game. I don't know if he can back it up yet. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, all right, so, so, so here. Looper, we got 
a sausage and white bean soup with beer bread. Oh, I am liking this. It's been cold All tonight. Right. Get into the 30s. What's there you that? go. What is there you, hey, look. You guys are getting that away. All right, so so Burns in this one right here. These show up every, I don't know, so I guess right in there. Guy with tops to do some baseball signings, and they send out a freaking big old ass box of baseball cards and stickers and all that sort of shit. And it'll take me, I don't know, maybe that box maybe might take me about three or four hours to sign. And uh, how many how many cards are in there? I don't know. I hadn't opened it, but like the last one was I don't know, eleven hundred, right around there. So you know that's what. And then believe it or not, they'll send me like card sets. It'll be me and Buster Posey or me and Tim Lincecum or me and whoever. And so that's tops staying ahead of the game and getting, you know, autograph signatures to put in their packs for people that buy, you know, cards and stuff like that. You know, what's funny thrill. I actually got an offer just recently uh, to sign a bunch of cards. I think it was like 2000 and I'm almost embarrassed to say this. Uh, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to reveal the price for you or my wife, but basically, uh, I told them to go fuck themselves. And <laughs> the reason being is you like, can't sit down for three hours. Are you kidding? You realize, you, re- you no, realize, no, there's no way, you, there's no way no. you can park your ass three hours and sign shit. No, dude. Yeah. I mean, literally you're going to have to pay me a hall of fame rate to sit down and sign the amount of cards that they wanted me to sign. I'm like, there's no fucking chance, man. Hey, Tara, could you could you picture him trying to sign? Because he'd be either he'd be either jogging or he'd be on a treadmill. He's running like this and he's trying to sign, and his freaking <laughs> signature would be all over the place. Thank oh my god! Where it's saved in my file, like I just plug Bro. it in there for anybody. <laughs> hey, I, I I'm gonna be totally honest here. I'm an asshole because. When I have done those deals and I have done them before, I saw I get my ADD kicks in so badly that I end up signing them EB, 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 and I'm the snappiest <laughs> motherfucker signer you've ever you seen in your entire just, life. You don't even put your full name on there. Look, I'll oh, open it for you. We'll see. This is how much respect I have for you because every one of your autographs is the same. It's Will Clark is cursive beautiful. W-I-L-L-C-L-A-R-K, where you look at mine, and it literally is just initials, and it looks like shit. <laughs> All right. That, this, one ain't, this one ain't got too many. This is a specialized card box, so it's probably, as you can see, it's probably got, I don't know, 10 or 12 in there. So all none right. of the edges bend. Yeah, let's Here's see. Um, oh. all of Chloe's school papers, Eric Burns 22. No, it's not all of it. She needed one school thing signed. I signed it, Eric Burns 22. Let me that. see the card. Wait, what cards are they sending you? Let's see a card. All right, hang on. I'm showing you. All right, so this one's got a, this one's got a few more in it right here. That's got a few more in that box. Let's see what this one is. Diamond collection. Fancy. All right. Diamond, oh, nice, I- dude. Diamond icons. Yeah, these are new, bro. These are brand yeah, That's new. fucking badass, man. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's first time hey, out to shoot. That's first time out to shoot right there. 
You gotta so, save. You gotta save me one of those. You got the Neusler face on. <laughs> All right, hang on, hang on. We got that's three boxes. We got three more. Hang on. Let's see what these are. Ooh, these are wrapped up. So you know what's happening, right? The card industry is bigger than it's ever been, and so now they're going back to a lot of the legends, and they're like, "Yo, thrill." Yeah, these are some iconic fucking shots, man. Yeah, so so that's that's another one. So I'll be signing these and basically sending them back to tops. And then well, I don't know how they do it. I don't know whether they put them in card sets or whatever they do, and then kind of go from there. All right. Where are you going? I heard what I wanted to hear. Yeah, they really they really didn't send me a lot of cards. Oh, wait a second! Wait a second! Here's a box from your ass. That one's full. All right, let's see this one. Let's see what this one is. Will brought up a name. Did anybody talk about Kevin Mitchell? For what? Here's 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 one for you, Luker. That's that's a new that's a new card. And it's uh doesn't really say you look like you have your sights on the pitcher in that card, Will. Like you're getting ready to go forward. No, this this one this one right here is like it's that look like I can't believe I fucking missed that pitch. <laughs> so good call, right. Carrie. You're right. I actually went through in my head some of the the San Diego names I could think of that were kind of yeah. gritty, but got like the whole analytics. And I was having a hard time coming up. Carrie just dropped. She said I said Mitchell because he's a Kari because he's a San Diego guy. But then I was trying right, to think of the other San Diego guys, and there's another diamond icon one, Luker. So that there's another one. That's the little follow through of the swing type thing. Yeah. So these are all new, man. Yeah, these are brand spanking. I've never seen these. So they they just sent me, like I said, six boxes of these, and I'll sign them. So anyway, that's that's the uh, baseball card industry and how it works. That's really cool because the card industry is bigger than and better than it's ever been. Tara, before you leave, yeah. I mean, you can't just come up here and disappear like this. We we need to get your opinion. Uh, so it's sitting. Your shirt is too tight. Mine? Okay. All right. I got to tell you this one because Tara's up there. All right. I had to tell the boogie bear story twice this weekend about cutting a leather suit off of him. Give it, give it to us one more time. All right, here we go. All right, Terry, you ready for this one? All right, so we're in San Fran, and we are going to, I don't know, East Coast. We're going to New York up there, and it's pretty cool up there, but we got to make a pit stop in Phoenix to play our AAA team, right? And it just so happens to be uh, 100 degrees in Phoenix, right? And Boogie Bear gets on the plane. He's got a full-on leather suit on, like top and bottom. I'm like, oh, Jesus. One of these numbers, right? So we played a game and we played a game in Phoenix, and he gets on the plane, right? And he goes, "Thrill." I go, "What?" He goes, "I got to take a shit." I'm like, "Well, go ahead." And he's like, "I thrill. I can't get my I can't get my shit off." And I go, "What?" He says, "My suit stuck to me because <laughs> he was sweating and his shit stuck to him, right?" And so now I'm freaking howling, laughing. I'm like, oh, my God. So I go, hang on one second. I go to the front of the bus and trainer's up there. I said, hey, give me your uh, scissors. He goes, what you need scissors for? 
I said, shut up and give me your scissors, right? <laughs> so sure enough, I laid Boogie Bear in the bottom of the bus and I'm <laughs> and I'm I chopped this freaking maroon leather suit off of his right. ass. He's like, man, that's my custom suit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And who knows how much he spent on it, you know? And uh he, he gets a chance to finally go to the bathroom and all that, and he comes out. Now he's stark ass naked. So we got <laughs> We got this. We got this big naked black guy on the bus. <laughs> and he's going through. You got to help me out. You got to help me out. I'm like, dude, we can't do anything till we get to the airport. And the bus stops. Uh, and so somebody, I don't know, somebody had a pair of sweatsuits or whatever. I don't know. We dressed his ass up for the flight. So, so my man, you yeah, there. Did once the suits cut off? Like, what did he wear? Do you remember? Boxers. We no, he wore oh, nothing. He didn't have any fucking boxes on his freaking birthday suit until we got to the airport, and then we could get some bags from underneath. And somebody had a a sweatsuit or something like that. We gave him the sweatsuit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> could you imagine? And I'm not the only person thinking about this. Leather pants. No, 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 no. But what would have happened had he not been able to get the leather suit off in time, and he actually took a shit? Oh my God! That oh my God! We'd have, we'd have had to we'd have had to like we'd have had to like literally had him at the back of the plane and hosed his ass down. <laughs> we'd have, we'd have had to we'd had to get somebody with a fire extinguisher or something like that. <laughs> Freaking hose his ass down. A biohazard stop for the. <laughs> so thrill! I don't know if you know this, but that Adam Pyatt story went viral. Oh no! Oh really? It did. Yeah, hundreds of thousands of views on it, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, not shocking, but you, you knew yeah. what's going to happen. And I want to clarify something because Henry Mark and our great social media director at No Filter Network chopped it up perfectly. But to be transparent, once again, as we always are here, I, the story actually goes back to the minor leagues. And so I had mentioned it last, the rivalry of them going back and forth lasted all the way through the big leagues. And I mentioned the Pyatt suit story where they laced it with the the cheese right but the original shit story into a towel was uh what was in the minor leagues and chris medlin a former pitcher for the atlanta braves i don't even know reached out to me and he says yo bro i saw you and thrill talking about this story he goes i thought it was one of the funniest things ever this is like a 20 game winner for the braves a few years ago and he goes, so I had to ask Huddy about it. And Huddy confirmed it's all true, but it happened yep. in the minor leagues. I go, you know, and I got back to Chris. And I'm like, dude, exactly. Like, I'm not dropping stories that aren't fucking true here. Uh, so he was saying, but Huddy it. actually went on to say, though, and he told Medlin this, the shit melted through the towel and into the air conditioning unit. And he goes, that's that's what really sparked the whole thing. <laughs> oh Lord! Hey, hey, Tara, Tara, before you bail out of there, I wanted to, I wanted to run this one by you real quick too. So Trey and I are in San Francisco, and Lisa and Ella went to Reno because that yeah, they went in Reno because they had Miss USA there, right? And it's absolutely hilarious, but like uh, it was either four or five girls that had been past contestants at Miss Louisiana. Oh, 
wind up going to other states and winning. Yeah. And it was, remember I told you, it was one of the Carolinas, it was Utah, it was Nevada, it was Louisiana, and somebody else. All right. Yeah. So anyway, so Ella knows these people personally, so does Lisa. And one of their good friends, Noelia, her name, her last name is Voigt. It's Jack Voigt's daughter. You remember him? Played for the played for the A's and played for the Mets. Shut the fuck up, jumping Jack Voigt. Jack Voigt's daughter, Noelia, won Miss USA. She did. She was stunning. She's 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 awesome, dude. She's a Louisiana girl too, and she was yeah. Well, no, she's not a Louisiana. Jack's Jack went to LSU. They live in Florida now, but. She she didn't compete as as Florida. She competed as Utah and wound up she winning. Competed for two other states before she won the Utah title. And correct, I, correct, I feel it. There's strong like Louisiana, Texas, California, and uh, believe it or not, Kansas um, are really really strong systems. Yeah. Yep. And so, so if you're not having success there, you go find somewhere else. And when I was at Miss so USA, I had lost. 19 of the girls lived in California. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, you know, I had, I had like lost track of Jack, you know, when he was playing. Yeah. I knew him when he was playing stuff, but I had lost track of him and I've actually regained our friendship through Noelia and Ella. I love it. Being in these pageants. And now Noelia's Miss USA. What is Okay. Thrill. There was an infamous video that used to make its way around the Oakland A's. And it was, it was the name of the video is Jumpin' Jack Voigt. And basically, it was like this highlight reel tape that they made of Jack Voigt. And Jack Voigt, let's just say he was like an, an okay player or whatever it is, right? But like the, the highlight video was, it was comical in the way it was made. And so, he became legendary around the Oakland A's clubhouse as being jumping Jack Voigt. And it was almost not that he was a joke, but like the video was, was really fucking funny. I get it. So yeah. what, what was he like as a player? And I've never met Jack Voigt. And so what is he like as a human being? You know, he and you have a lot of similarities. He was, he was high energy type yeah. stuff. And, and, for me personally, it was like looking at you in the mirror. I mean, I actually enjoyed watching Jack play because he was entertaining because of how high energy he was, just like you. Okay. And, uh, you know, so Jack, like I said, he, he played at LSU down here and then uh, got drafted. He went to the A's and the Mets, I know for sure. Probably another team in there somewhere or not, but but anyway. That's super cool, man. Uh, it's crazy. Oh, how by the way, by the way. Yeah, no, that's cool as shit. But I just looked down Tommy Luke's in the chat room. Um, and T. Luke, I wanted to tell you this. Matter of fact, I got a picture on my phone over here. But my daughter had uh, been doing, you know, some modeling. And she hooked up with this this modeling agency and all that sort of stuff. She wound up being on the freaking big-ass Jumbotron in Times Square two days in a row. Doing some modeling stuff in New York. So, Little sum sum for old Ella Clark right there. Yeah. Well, El- dude, Ella became legendary at your retirement ceremony, bro. Like everyone was like, oh, right. Like yeah. it was, it was, it was all about Ella Clark. Yeah. No. And and the reason being, 
believe it or not, when when we came out there, you know, for the well, not only the retirement ceremony, but it started actually the year before. Uh, some of these some of these idiots that are online that that like looking at good looking girls and stuff, they called it the Ella effect because Ella came out yeah. for a homestand and we were like six and one. They called it the Ella effect, and then when she came out for the the Jersey retirement, we went six and one again. And so they started up that Ella effect crap going again. I love it, man. All right. So currently in the Arizona Diamondbacks game, we're in the bottom of the, the eighth inning. It looks like there is nobody on. There's one out. Good on the D-backs holding on tight. It's 3 nothing, Philadelphia over Miami. I may, Look, maybe I'm wrong on this. I think this series is going to be short-lived. The Marlins are, are the Marlins. They're they're fine. They're getting there. They're a much better team than they were, but they have too many holes. I think the Phillies are a fucking dangerous team. Through, um, how do you? See I mean, you got to remember. You got to remember, Phillies were in the freaking MLB World Series Finals last year. Yeah, you know? last year exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know they they got they got a little history, and uh, you know you and I talked about it before. It's whoever it's whoever freaking hot right now and. The Phillies have that capability. Okay, so thrill. The Texas Rangers, four nothing winners over the Tampa Bay Rays today. You were on the first ever Texas Ranger playoff squad back in the day. Yes. Can I ask you a question though? Because I saw a picture. The other day, that was one of the most glorious pictures, potentially, that I've ever seen. I'm flipping through phones to make sure I find it here. It was incredible. I've got to ask you, Thrill. What the oh! are you thinking? Holy cow. So yeah, so that was like that was like one of the the, the first division title and uh, ever in the Texas Ranger history. I don't know who it was. They passed out about two or three of those, and we had we had a bunch of guys on that team that smoked cigars, and so we we went up and we lit them up and we had a few puffs. I didn't know it'd be a goddamn fungo that I was smoking <laughs> on there, there though. That's exactly what it is. You're smoking a fucking fungo. <laughs> that is. I, I swear to God. And then, believe it or not, you fast forward a few years, and uh, when we uh, when we won uh, over the Braves with the uh, Cardinals, McGuire and I were smoking a big old cigar, too. Do you remember or know who this guy is? He's a reporter. I don't remember who he was. Okay. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that because obviously the impact you made with the San Francisco Giants, but then you went to Texas and it was, I think, your first year that you guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, so, you know, I went there in 94, then we had to strike in 94, 95. We came back. We, we wound up just a shade behind the Mariners in 95. 96, we won. Uh, 97, we were a hair behind. And in 98, we won. So, you know, and at the time we went on strike, we were in first place. So actually, three out of the five years that I was with Texas, 
we were in first place in that division, which they had never ever as an organization. That was going back to the Senators. They had never won. They had never won a division. They had won Jack. In three out of five years I was there, they won. So if Texas wins, they take on the Baltimore Orioles. We'll call it the Will the Thrill series. Ah. <laughs> Two of my who are teams. Pull, who are you going to pull for? You know what? I mean, I love Baltimore. Uh, you know, they got a they got a collective group of young guys that are actually pretty cool, and and uh, you know they're, they're they're playing really well. But I'm an old schooler, and you know I've been around Boach so long. I got to pull for Boachy. What about Bruce Boachy coming back to manage the Giants? Ooh, I don't think that's going to happen. I, 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 don't think that, I don't think that's going to happen because, you know, he left and he went to Texas, you know, and he's having yeah. – Yeah, he's having success this first year and, and they're getting a little taste of, you know, what it means to be playoff baseball and all that. And, uh, you know, they're they're not going to let him go now. That ship sailed. I, if I'm Bochy, I wouldn't even want to go back. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you, you win another World Series? Yeah, you know, but he would have to he would have to do the you know the same thing that we were talking about before. He'd have to do a little bit of an overhaul, you know. You know, I mean, look at look at the guys, look at the guys he's got for him right now. I mean, they're they're busting their tail for him. Simeon and Seeger and Garcia and Lowe, yeah. you know. <clears throat> Five four winners today. I didn't realize shit, they came back because te- Texas. I'm taking a look at the scores. Why does it say four nothing? Yeah, it is. It does say four. Okay, there's four and five seed. I'm like, dude, that is weird. Okay, no, it, the the score was four nothing. Why? What was it saying? No, I was just I was just looking at the postseason picture thing that they were the five seed and the four seed. So I was looking okay. at it wrong. I'll show you what I'm talking about here. How about the uh, how about the how about the Twins uh, getting a hold of the Blue Jays first game? Well, dude, we got Gene on here. Who is super excited? She's a big Minnesota Twinkies fan. Yeah, and and they beat they beat up on uh, Gosman. Ain't easy to do. No, not at all. And then Royce Lewis uh, had two home runs, I believe it was for the Minnesota Twins. This kid yeah, he drove in all our runs. He drove in all our runs. Dude, I was at the MLB draft when he got drafted. I think it was a first overall, wasn't it? Yeah. From Gino Pacero, Cerro, San Juan, Capistrano, California. Like 2017. Yeah, I was there. I I I was at that draft. Okay, there's three teams, Thrill, that made the postseason this year that just... Two years ago, lost over 100 games. Two of those teams lost 110 fucking games. It's wild to think about. It was the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Baltimore Orioles, and I believe the Texas Rangers. And now all three are in the postseason. What a crazy turnaround. But I say crazy, but... Then again, haven't we seen this movie before? It's called the Houston fucking Astros. Yes, we have seen it. It is called the Houston Astros. It is called when you are kind of crappy 
you get high draft picks. And when all of a sudden those high draft picks, your, your scouting department and kudos to the scouting department, all those teams that they picked good position players, pitchers, whatever it might be that directly affected those teams. And all of a sudden now you're seeing those guys in the freaking playoffs and trying to make it to the world series. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, we're getting late here. Seven twenty-two Pacific time. Is there anything else that you want to add? Uh, as I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you're willing to do this through the course of the postseason, and we can continue to roll here and go over these playoff games and whatever else, and take us through yeah, the whole no. I mean, I'll, I'll follow your schedule, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool. Uh, as of next week, I'll be here. I ain't going nowhere, and. You know, we'll see how the playoff games bounce around this week. Um, if there's any, you know, San Francisco Giants come across, I'll let you know. And, and uh, you know, everybody in the chat room, have a great week. Absolutely. Dude, we had Knox galore, by the way, uh, tonight. In which- I get it. I get it. Put it this way. We, we had to do the Kapler thing and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I'm sorry we weren't able to do that next week. Uh, we should have a lot more loose of a program, so we'll let guys on and girls on. Yeah, so Steven, we got Andre, Duke, of course, Chris, uh, Silva. But I don't think we can end the program. But go, without, we're, like, we're going Christmas. to this fucking degenerate right here. Without Father Christmas. Oh, he's got his Diamondback stuff on. Go ahead. Oh, Diamondbacks. Yeah, well, baby. Hey, and you broke out you broke out the old school teal. Nice job. Thank you. Hey man, so the Diamondbacks are the triple A team. Uh, or the receiving yeah. Reno Aces are the triple A team yeah. of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Do you add you gotta feel a connection to some of these motherfuckers, correct? Oh, yes, I do. I feel a huge connection. Me and Jason, huge connection, man. That's that's our MLB. Reno. Oh yeah. We've been watching hey, this hey, They even told man. me about going into games and cooking out and shit like that. Yeah, dude. These there's so much talent has come through Reno. It's finally it's nice to see it start to come to fruition in Arizona. So, so many hey, good ball players. Battleborn, I saw I went to a Reno Aces game, the call it like five years ago. And I saw Christian Walker. Hit three fucking bombs, dude. Bombs. And I'm like, who is this guy? At the time, I'm working at MLB Network. And I go back and I do my research on him. I'm like, oh, okay. He was a badass at South Carolina and went to the College World Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then he gets called up to the big leagues. And this guy's turned into like a perennial fucking power guy in the big leagues. Dude, there's so a blast from the past. Kyle Lewis. That was a Mariner, the rookie of the year in the in the COVID year. He's a fucking uh, ace on the Reno Aces. Really? This dude, fucking, I mean, he's older. He was a 26 year old rookie, so he was older, had knee injuries. But this last season, dude, that he fucking destroyed AAA. Like, holy shit! And how much talent do they have? He's not on the big league roster. They have so many good kids, man. So much talent. It's finally, I mean, like I said, it's nice to see it come to fruition. Finally. Question for you, Battleborn. Do you think, this is a serious question. 
All right. Do you think that Reno could sustain a banana ball team called the Tahoe Tacos? Fuck yes. Because you got to lead that shit, though. It's got to be you leading that shit. And we probably need a a guest appearance or 12 of Will. No, no, Thrill's not a guest appearance. That's my fucking three-hitter. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) done deal. (laughs) More seats than fucking the bananas do. Hey, hey, I can just, there'll be a freaking song made. Tahoe Apo Tacos, some sort of way or another. 100%. (laughs) That's awesome, man. All right, hey, uh, thrill. Anything, anything else you got for Battleborn, or any, any, anyone else? Any final thoughts? Yeah, for Battleborn. Us? Check your, uh, check your phone. You're gonna be getting a care package. Check it out. Oh, God bless you, Will. I love you. All right, man. All right, brother. All right, I mean, love you, I, if, you, if he's getting a care package, I imagine it's either a gun or a dead animal, one or the other. It's uh, food that is a dead animal. It's snacks, burn snacks. Hey, send me some of that, dude. Just make sure you spice it up. I got you taken care of, big boy. (laughs) All right. All right, dudes. Uh, Of all the shows, that was one of them. Uh, Battleborn, I I would never, ever let you finish the show with us. So, see ya! As uh, you get the fuck out of here. Thrill. (laughs) Uh, Dude, you know what? I mean, hey, look. You know, end of the season, and... uh, you know, yeah, we had we had a lot of shit going on, you know, not only in the background, but stuff with the Giants and just talking in general. It's good to have Tyra on tonight too. And fun. And uh yeah, man. I mean, next week let's let's do same time, same bat channel, and we'll open up the knock room. And all of you people that are in the freaking audience right here, don't be afraid. We look, we we see Battleborn and we see Andre and all those guys all the Luker, we need some of you new guys and girls to get in there. Let's go. All right. So I want to remind everybody that this is all new to us when it comes to going across all the different podcast platforms. We're on 17 different platforms, including Caffeine TV and FUBU now. So on that note, if you guys could leave us a review, throw five stars. If you're feeling generous, share the programs with your friends. Thrill within... Literally, like I think it's like we've posted like two, three shows. Um, our our number, our numbers are fucking like they're flying, dude. It's good. It's it's really, really fucking good. Yeah, you you, look. You know, I mean, I I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you how many people in my everyday life come up to me and go, "Hey, dude, you and that freaking guy Burns are freaking hysterical." (laughs) You know, and they, and they go, they go, keep doing the TikToks and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, get on no filter. Come on, no yeah. filter and have fun with us. And they're like, well, you know, I do the TikTok and all that. And so there are people, I swear to God, there's like hundreds of people that come up to me within a week and talk about our shit, but yet they won't get on the, on the, on the podcast. You know what, though? I, I'm okay with it. Because we do, we don't need them on here for us to eventually blow this thing out of the water like we want to. I no. like our intimate crowd. I like the fact that, and, and yes, by the way, Chris, I have had Battleborn's uh, pickles. I I had the what he puts the pickles with the 
Was it the ghost pepper pickles? Is, yeah, is he exactly had ghost pepper, and then he does the spicy garlic and dill. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, dude, it's 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 awesome that we're able to get that reach. And then it's funny because I same sort of thing. I'm now getting people going, "Oh fuck, man! I got to tune into the podcast, man! I just can't get enough of it." Like <laughs> your guys' segments end on TikTok or on Instagram, so they're all kind of the same thing. Whether it's reels, whether it's TikTok, whether it's YouTube, it doesn't matter. We're spreading them across all the platforms, and getting millions of views on these, and these people are going ape shit, and they want more. So yeah, now I get we're it. sending I get them it. for the podcast that's on Apple and everything it. else. Um, that said, if you're listening on Apple, you're listening on Spotify, you're listening on Caffeine TV, you're listening or watching on Fubu, come to No Filtered Network every Tuesday night, six p.m. Pacific time. That is when we film the show. You, it's it. The chat is firing, as you guys can tell, start to finish. And every now and again, we'll let you on the program, and we'll get you guys freaking rocking and rolling. That is right. Next next week, we'll we'll have you know one or two things to say, probably about the playoff games that are going on now and for the rest of the week. And then other than that, we're going to open it up to our friends in the chat room. All right, throw. Have a fantastic week, dude, and. Uh, <laughs> We will see ya next week.